Allie, I'm not gonna lie, these shoes might be some of my favorites I've seen in a while. I need you to get closer to the mic because people yeah. want to hear what you have to say. And my I bad. do like those. My bad. I said you're, I like these. You're still far away, big guy. Oh my god. <laughs> I said I like those. Oh wow. <laughs> I like Welcome. these a lot. And I think these are a sleeper colorway. For all the white and greens. Okay, yeah. actually though, I feel like New Balance has put that colorway back on the map. Oh, give credit to New Balance. We're Nike guys, but I have more New Balances back there that are sleepers that I'm like, dog, these things are fire. Whoever is in charge of the head of New Balance, like the new revamping, it's needs somebody, a raise. It's somebody from Nike. That you know no, no, he's not from Nike. He's actually on my flight uh, almost every week. I'll leave, his, I'll leave his name out of it. But he flies to Boston every week, the same time I fly to Atlanta. So he's like, yo, man, what do you need? I was like, yeah, I'm a Nike. He goes, man, listen, try, try some of these on. I got a pair. I said, yo, these shits is cracking. Edit, 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 edit. No, James no, no, Worthy, don't edit, don't James edit. Worthy is a New Balance guy, and he rolls into the studio for every show now with a new pair of New Balance kicks. I mean, Shout out I wore New students. Balance in college my first two years. New Balance right now is better than Adidas. And Puma. And Truth or trash. For sure. <laughs> Um, okay, Rich is very uncomfortable with this conversation. However, before we dive in, welcome to another edition of Roach. Oh, Channing is so boring. It's just sea pride today. I know. Richard yeah, and Allie. I was going to put a like heart in Hollywood or something like that, but it just didn't come to me. I thought you were going to say something else. Um, I just opened up my cellular device and I came across from Complex on Instagram. Having a sister can boost your mental health and self-esteem. I know the two of you do not have sisters, but no. I do. I do. Oh, shout well, out shout sister. out, uh, Sister Clifton. Sister Clifton. Um, all right, should we just dive right in? You're welcome. To the latest. Yeah. Were you guys awake? N uh, no. No. Okay, I was sitting on the ten. All of a sudden, traffic across all six lanes stopped at 11:24 uh, p.m. Coming back from the Laker game last night, and I saw the the tweet that left everyone hanging, the Woj bomb, as everyone was freaking out because he didn't give the details, nonetheless. But for those that are just joining and maybe haven't had a chance to catch up on the latest with James Harden, uh, the saga is over, at least for now. Anyways, uh, the 10-time All-Star, he's a 10-time All-Star. He was traded from the Sixers to the Clippers, along with P.J. Tucker in exchange for Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, K.J. Martin, and draft picks. So I want your guys' reaction in the letter grade that you guys would give for both squads now. Factor. Factor. Shout out, Factor. Mm. First of all, you know what's I gotta, wild about that? I got a call. I, I literally what? just had one. <laughs> Shout out, Factor. Not even joking. Anyway, well they're done. delicious. Well done. One, mm. I was awake. I got a text asking me if I could work today um, to come in and talk about this. Um, Basically, normally I would. A hell no. Nor well, it was a hell no, but normally it's a hell yes. I just had a great excuse. Uh, you know, Halloween parade time. So I was like, ooh, sorry guys. Can't, you know, I've already Halloween. committed. To, I've already committed. But um letter grade of the trade, they had to get him out of there in Philly. They had to. The market was the market was trash. Right. It, it it was it was not what it should have been. And it was just going to add more drama. They couldn't focus on. Did they get enough back? No, 
they didn't get enough back. Did they? Are they hoping it's addition by subtraction? Yes, that's what they're hoping for. And their team is good. Tyrese Maxey looks like he's going to be an all-star. So they're like, okay, we got, it, you know, Joel's not out here by himself. I didn't think it would happen because that's a lot of guys who do the same thing. And, and for the Clippers, for the Clippers, Russell needs the ball. James needs the ball. Kawhi definitely needs the ball. PG needs the ball. But I think they're like, well, let's just stack a bunch of guys, and if somebody gets hurt, we still got three. If two people get hurt, we still got two. Um, and I think for them, there was a log jam. They have nothing but, other than Big Z, they got nothing but like six, seven wingmen who like played three or four different positions. So I think, you know, bringing in a guard who can shoot, obviously spacing and shooting is great. Uh Good luck defending them. You know, as much as we talk about Phoenix, the Clippers are like, I mean. The Clippers are, the Clippers to me, if healthy, oh. are better than Phoenix, if healthy. That, uh, that's to me. Yeah. If healthy. I, I agree. If yeah, healthy. Clippers. But that's the biggest and, Yeah, I, And then it's a, actually it's a big if for both teams. When you look at how much time both team stars, it's not as bad. But the, that group of, that group trio is probably the second most. If you're talking about missing games of like a quote unquote big two or a big three. The, the Phoenix, Devin, uh, Devin Booker's been primarily healthy, but Bradley Beal's missed a ton of time. You know, Still Devin Booker. Time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, De- so I'm just saying, like, yes, if healthy, the Clippers are a better team. Like, they have, like, Big big Zoo versus um, uh, Nurkic. I'm sorry. I'm taking Big I'm taking big Zoo, yeah, right? All like, day. all day. So it's just, like, you look at that and then the versatility that their team has is in the problems that they would cause for him in a pick and roll. Mm-mm. What's the number one job priority for Tilo? Oh, emotional personalities. Yeah, <laughs> emotional control, emotional control. And the one thing that I like, I think there's not a person that's ever been coached by Tilo that wouldn't say if he can't handle it, no one can from a personality standpoint because he's honest, he's real, he he has an approach. You know, he's like, look, look, man, I I, I told he was saying this about some guys last season when we talked to him, he's like, I brought him in the office. I'm like, we're going to play three of you, whichever two of you played better in the first half, is probably going to get the minutes in the second. Right? Like he just, he was just like, Hey, look, man, you recognize I could either just pick two and go with that until that rotation stops. Or I can figure out a way if you guys are committed to it. And now all three guys are trying to go out there and ball in the first half. They're playing defense. They're trying to get those second half minutes. Right. And some there might be matchups, not some there might be that, but imagine the realness of a coach of like, it ain't just shots. I'm judging you on defense. I'm judging you on rebounding. I'm judging you on, on you. Are you doing the schemes that we're supposed to? What's the plus minus and feel? I'd much rather have a coach come to me and say that than, you know, the Lakers are dealing with that. They're trying to play 9 10, and some guys need to get rhythm. Some guys didn't play in the preseason. Some guys you know, are new to the team. So it's like all of this up, they're managing LeBron's minutes. All of a sudden you got nine, 10 guys that you're trying to manage and you're not even adding personalities in there. You know, the Clippers, you got seven, eight guys and you're managing huge personalities. Maybe not Kawhi, maybe not Paul George as much as Russ, you know, but we all know that Kawhi, the rumor is Kawhi runs the franchise and can do what he chooses. That's part of a personality. It might not be James Harden partying in strip clubs, but that's something that you have to manage with Kawhi. Yeah, uh, defensively, that team is going to be a monster, right? I think you, 
adding PJ Tucker, I think, was pretty big. Adding PJ Tucker, my God. But I mean, but here's the thing: he just he doesn't mind, right? He doesn't mind doing conditioning drills and playing just defense, and maybe mm-hmm. getting a shot up. So, like, what is that like? The substitution patterns for that are going to be crazy. And then what plays do you run? Do you just run a 1-2, 1-4, 1-3, 1-5 screen and roll, and then whoever has a better matchup just go? I don't yeah. know what the flow – I know, but yeah, I don't know what that go. flow looks like. You I know, just, but what does that flow look like, Richard? We haven't seen anybody be successful with that since, I guess, what Brooklyn was a little bit. Yeah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I, I'm look, That's what I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning Brooklyn – yeah, and people forget Brooklyn had Joe Harris. Brooklyn had other shooters. They didn't have any bigs, um, you know, because they right. had to get rid of they what well, they had Claxton, but he wasn't even this version of Claxton right, yet. Right, I think right. he was like a rookie second year. They had to get rid of Jared Allen, so it was like he was he now he's Claxton, but like a year or two ago, it was is like potential. Mom, I I see it as Brooklyn. I see it as Brooklyn. He's running the show. Russell runs the second team, can play with the first team, but Russ, in my opinion, is most likely the odd man out to a certain degree, right? You know, if you need spacing, shooting, playmaking, uh, James is better. At this point in time in their career, we're not talking about all time. At this point in time in their career, James is better from a playmaking standpoint. He just led the league in assists on a team that finished third in the Eastern Conference. Realistically, how long do you think it's going to take? How long are you going to give them? Until you can fully assess and judge. Honestly, all year. <laughs> because really? they are one injury away from that. Like, that is a bridge built on toothpicks, right? And, like, it's just a truth. And and it's like, does James say, you know what? I don't want this. I don't like this. Does James go, oh, are you going to pay him? P.J. Tucker is older. Is Kawhi healthy? Is P.G. healthy? Is Russ going to buy in? Right? Trey Mann is a young man who's wants to establish himself. Is he just going to play defense and roam around and not touch a basketball? Is Zoo going to touch a basketball? Like, they have so many questions. I think they're one of the most interesting teams, but I also don't think that T. Lou is going to put their best stuff out there until the last 25 games of the year. Right. I, the, it's all predicated on how many games they can string together. That's been the biggest Clipper issue. If they can string together – 20 25 games and know who they are when they're at that when they're that team right if it's the one or two guys are missing games and one guy missing game then you mix in you know someone tweaks an ankle and they they miss two weeks and now you're just constantly just treading water then you get deep in the 50 60 games and at that point in time you're trying to get ready for the postseason so you're not trying to push guys through things you want to be healthy then so all of a sudden you look at the season and you don't know who you are Remember when the Golden State Warriors won that championship? Like the first, when they got Clay back and all this stuff, even Clay wasn't that dude. The first, uh, like Jan- right around January 1, they were the number one seed. They were cruising. It was them and Phoenix. They were cruising. Then Steph got hurt, Draymond got hurt, and they kind of stumbled into the postseason. And they're like, well, how do you know you guys are going to be able to put it together? It's like, because we did it before. We know who we are when we had 25, 30 straight games. We know who we are. We're one of the best teams in this league. That confidence carries over when they were got into the postseason and they're like, okay, we're healthy now. Remember Steph came off the bench, right? Stuff. Remember Steph came because he was just coming back. And they're like, boom, good. We're off and running again. 
So I think as long as the Clippers can put together a stretch of 30 games, 25 games where they're primarily healthy and they know who they are, what their plays, what their tempo is, but that hasn't been the case for the Clippers the last two or three years. They haven't been able to string together that many games. Not just, yeah, that and, uh, you know, there's a lot of temperament. A lot, yeah. And then you got personalities. Okay, so, okay with that, yep. And I'll just move on. I think Philly, I give them an A+. plus. Okay, so I was going to say, letter grade you give the Clippers real quick. Letter grade? A. C+. A. A. C plus? No, 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 no. I'm saying I give them an A because to me, this was a, a, they added a missing piece. They got better. They got better. So to me, that's an A for what they lost, for what they got. Now, personality, that's one thing. You lose four guys and get back. You get P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker is a huge piece. P.J. Tucker is interesting, yeah. He is a huge fucking piece because he's also, he has a, the personality in the locker room, everyone loves PJ, but he's all PJ is also real and will have hard conversations and make shit uncomfortable for people that don't want to fucking address things. He'll right. do it on the court in a very respectful, competitive way. You so adding a guy like that on your five? team, why would you say they play him at the five sometimes? Yeah, yeah, against the Golden State Warriors, why wouldn't you, dude? If you really think, him let's go Draymond, down the line. I'm not worried about Portland. Sacramento's been playing great. I'll take my chances with PJ on Sabonis for what it is. Yeah. Then it go the Lakers. I mean, no one's really stopping AD other than AD. So, like, I'll take my chances there. And then you switch with PG, Kawhi, Zoo. So that's four bodies on one AD. Then you go to Phoenix. I'm taking PJ on Nurk, right? Now, obviously, you got to throw five, six different bodies. I'm just saying – no, I, you, you're saying Nurk, like the PJ is going to be able to be a Swiss Army knife for them. He's going to Correct. be allowed them to play the small ball five. Like he's going to allow a lot of things. That's that's the part that I. He's the one that makes the trade, not just a James Harden, and you lose a bunch of people. Channing, I also feel like you're talking yourself up from a C to maybe a B then for the Clippers. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I was, I was telling okay. myself a, a B. So then let's transition to, because you were going there, and I was ready to go there too, with the Sixers. You give them an A? A plus? A plus. A plus. Because of what it sets up in the future, possibly? Yep. So you, two things. You reward your homegrown talent, right? Mm -hmm. You move guys that don't want to be there. And I don't know if PJ was there, but obviously PJ's James Harden's boy. You remove them, and you allow space for Joel Embiid. You say Joel. We not only brought in vets that are going to compliment you, we I think they make another move. Personally, they have they're a little log jam at the three. You have you know Tobias, you have uh, oh, Robert Covington, what, you uh, have Batum, you have it's Chicago, a log jam. Chicago's ready for a yard sale. Chicago. How did you have a team meeting after the first game? Come on, dog. Come on, man. Come on, man. What would you guys have done? Had you guys had a team meeting? Get the fuck out of here. What in my 17 years, I've probably had five team meetings. Maybe oh, no, we had more than that. We had more than that. Why well, you were with you were with some serious some shit Did any come like after game one of the season? No, no. God, no. no. We God, I started off over. Like we were with the Nets, we started off like oh for oh, oh for six. Same with Utah. There were no team meetings because collectively we were all in it and pushing the same direction. So it was like, hey, we suck, but everybody, as long as we keep playing hard, we're cool. So there's no need for team meetings. There was no need. Like you knew you weren't going to be that good as long as everyone was locked in and playing hard. Okay, we understand what this is. 
But like a team that has talent and has all stars and Zach Levine and all these dudes, that means that that to me, hopefully they get that shit figured out. My question is, let's say it is Chicago. I don't know if Tyrese Maxey, Zach Levine, Tobias Harris, who uh, whoever starts at the four for them, and Joel Embiid. Like, what is? Uh, I don't know. I, again, no. I was talking thinking. about. I was talking about the Clippers going and getting. Um, uh, what's our? DeRozan? No, 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 the big fella, DeRozan. Vooch. No. I, oh, yeah. They'll get Vooch. Oh, oh. The Clippers? I like Z. Here's what I'll say about Z. He's simple. He's physical. He is a, a Go far on, and away Go better on, rim runner. Go on, Big man. Vooch, because I play with both of them. Vooch is by far one of the most underrated, skilled big men, but he needs touches and spacing. You have to, you have to feed him for him to really be effective, right? Yeah. He's not necessarily the best shot blocker, and he plays in a faster pace of game. So when you play in L.A., they're going to slow that ball down, and you're going to have to turn into a floor spacer. Uh, yeah, which is that was not tough. his best. And I was thinking about where does Vooch go? Uh, I mean, he's he's almost going to have to go play somewhere where he's the four on offense and the five on defense. That that team just needs to. Oh, blow it up! Stop! It's gross. Blow, blow. Yeah, go get assets. You got some young guys. Like you can keep some. You can keep you know Kobe White. You can keep some of these young dudes. Let Demar Derozan go. See if you can get a young piece and some talent for Zach Levine. Right? Go get Scotty Barnes. Go for, just do like just switch it up. Just change. Give yourself two, three more years. This ain't it. There's no one or it's two so players. To watch. There's no one or two players that's going to get them in a, to a contention or into a place that's above a top five or six. In no. the, they're not going to do anything. There's no move to make them competitive with Boston, Milwaukee. Um, I would say the Knicks or even Cleveland. Though not saying that they can't beat those teams on any given night, but to say that they're going to have a competitive and, in my opinion, compete, even throw Miami in there. So you're really talking about the peak of what they can do, barring injury, is the sixth seed. Um, Listen, you know, and this is no no disrespect to Lonzo Ball, who is a very solid NBA player. But if one player goes down and your team looks like this because you built it around that player, that castle was not was made on sand. <laughs> like, think about like that. And he's missed two years. And he's missed two years, which could have given you a chance, in my opinion, to at least figure out a way to plug that hole. What is right? it? What I, is he, it? I, yeah, I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying. It's like, think about it. He, I, I'm making this up. But like a guy like Drew Holiday, not saying he was going to go there, but you've been like, Drew, would you want to come here and be our starting point guard? You, If they got Drew Holiday, all of a sudden, I'm like, okay. If they play well, they've got defense up top. They got some of this. They got some of this. Okay, maybe they can actually creep into that four or five spot, right, with Drew. They didn't get that. The Boston Celtics got Drew. So that's- <laughs> let's, let's actually stay in the East and go there next because, Channing, if you're not tweeting about the Pacers, you're tweeting about the Boston Celtics. Hey, yo, I know it's early. No, Przingis. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what they – I don't know if it's the clam chowder, the lobster rolls. He's an adult now. He's, he's the fourth best player. That's what it is. He's okay, the there, there it is. That's but he's is. everything. I was like, no way he's going to do that. He's doing all that, and he's crazy engaged defensively. Where we saw glimpses of that in Dallas, 
where we are like, hey, yo, if he could play like this, and then all of a sudden we are like, nah, he ain't, he well, can't yeah, do that. But, well, yeah, where Dallas is where you found out he couldn't. Okay, so you figured out early. He, he wasn't a number two. Number one. No, you figured out he couldn't be a number one. Then you were like, okay, Dallas, can he be a number two? They're like, he can. He's got the talent, but it's just some. You put him on a squad like that where he's the three, four. It what? looks ridiculous. It looks, it yeah, looks it look, ridiculous. It looks ridiculous. And, and again, you're talking about, I think on a, on a given night, if you would have done the draft at the start of the season, right? I think Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum all would be above Porzingis as far as like a want for a team, yeah. right? Like as far as a want for a team. So I think he's, he's an all-star. He's a 20-point a game scorer, all this stuff. But you would have been like, if I could have a champion in Drew Holiday – Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. So really on a given night, that man's the fourth best player on the floor. Yeah. Like he makes Al Horford and, and look he a lot better. Off, and he gets yeah. the eat off of it. He gets the eat off being the fourth. Cause they're so worried about Jason Tatum going for 50, but what, you know, Jaylen all of these Jalen Brown he, going for 35. Jason and Jalen are averaging already here though. Early 55 combined. And then obviously you have KP. Oh, they don't ever how will you guys, what will you, what will equate a successful season for the Boston Celtics? They got to go to the Eastern Conference Finals again. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing left. You, you, for, for them to have a, like, they're a championship team. To not have the season be a failure, if they were to say they lost in six to Boston, or like, Milwaukee. All right, my mom said they lost in six in Boston. All right, guys, I'm saying Milwaukee. Then it's no, then it's like, you're like, damn, Dame caught fire or something. Okay, cool. But you're not going to scrap the team. I'm like, we're going to blow this up. Like, we're talking no. about Chicago. No, we're going to run it back. That's what we do because yeah. they're that talented and they just got to keep pushing. They got rid of Marcus Smart. They'll probably try and re-sign Drew. So. I, I, they can get, I think, one more guy off the bench. I think they're going to be even more disgusting. To me right now, I don't care what Milwaukee is doing. And this is a regular season. I think Boston is the best team in the regular season. The thing that I really appreciate is they got back to where they had success. And I've watched a shitload of Boston Celtics games over the last three years. Defensively, they are crazy, crazy active. And they're suffocating. They are suffocating teams. Like, I know the Wizards are hot garbage. But they were even more hot garbage when a team just suffocates you, you know, and they couldn't run plays. Who do you switch? It's Drew, Jason, Jalen, and Al Horford, who's serviceable, obviously. And then you have Porzingis, who's blocking three shots a game. So it's like, where do you go where you're going to get a mismatch or an opportunity? And that's what is exciting. So and Porzingis very- box shots. Porzingis yeah. box shots like, like Robert Williams. Like, yeah. so. So when you spaces the floor better than Robert, so he's a role threat. Like he's he was called the unicorn for a reason. He's just now looking like a unicorn. Yeah, we've talked several teams and personality. So let's go with your sleeper picks uh, for the week. So I want each of you to give a prediction of a player who will go off this week and beat score more than his sleeper prediction. Who will you have your eye on? Ooh, well this one caught me off guard. Pop quiz, hot shot. I'm going to say <laughs> I get that reference. Yeah. Uh, Trey Young. I, I usually hate on the Hawks, but after watching some of that game last night, defensively, so they are big and lanky. And to be down 21 and to come back, and Minnesota obviously has their <laughs> issues. 
But still, the old Hawks team would have lost that game. This new Hawks team is like, let's hunker down defensively. Let's get going. DeJounte Murray is going. I think they believe in Trey. He's going to go off this week. I'm going Trey Young. I'm going to say Cam Thomas. I don't know if he's going to see what his – He's the biggest anomaly in the NBA right now. Well, yeah, thank you for doing my homework. Uh, I, it's more of like I want to see if he can exceed it. We like if you follow the Nets, you know he can score. He can do this. One of the troubles with him is just like in the past when he wasn't scoring, he he didn't rebound, he didn't defend, he didn't do. But boy, Stop when he gets sugarcoating it, Richard. No, I'm not. No, no, I'm, no, I'm not sugarcoating it. What I'm saying is that he's got to develop into more than just like a, I'm one of the best scorers in the world because I think he he's starting to establish consistently that his scoring is special and he needs to just be let go. But. Yeah. There's not many guys ever that do that, and they're just that. I'm not saying that he yep. doesn't, he can't play basketball. He's a basketball player. He understands it, but it's like he's rarely getting you five, six, seven rebounds, eight rebounds. He's very rarely getting you five, six assists if he only has a, a five for 15 night. So right. those are the things that help to elevate a level of consistency to his game. Yeah, there's highs, there's lows. So I want to see if he can maintain this, if he can be consistent. Um, and then for the extra credit for all the Nets fans out there, I'll say Mikael Bridges. Like Ooh. can't like Mikael was supposed to take oh or that was supposed to be his. He's supposed to be an all-star this year, you know. And so for him, like these numbers that Cam is putting up, you know, and, and Mikael's played well, but it's like those were the numbers you were expecting from Mikael, right? That those type of numbers. So I'm just curious to see how their team consistently figures this out. Right. right I will so say what there. Richard was very nicely trying to say. I think the big stigma is if you look at his record when he scores, other than last night in a blowout, they lose every single one of those games. Right now, that could be on the team, or that could be how it looks is that he is hijacking the offense. So he'll dribble down, bing, bat, boom, boom. He is a – I'm not going to say he's an elite scorer. He is an elite talent when it comes to scoring. You cannot deny that. But does his scoring equate to that team winning? That is my biggest question. And you know what? He can score 40, but no one says, did they win or lose? When did he score his 40, right? There's a lot of players that can score 40 when they're like, here, go, we're up by 20, right? But as Richard said, if he scored 20 and had five assists, he would be six man of the year. If he had 24 and had four assists, right? Consistently, consistently, right? Can he do that without clearing out the side, right, and just going. Now, it is hard to find a guy who can score like that. It is easy to just give that guy the ball and say, let's go, when everyone else, next time you watch the game, when he gets the ball, watch the activity and movement of the other players. They just watch him shoot. It's like, yeah. Look, in in my defense, I did say, I was like, I have not been able to watch them as oh, I watched much. Them. I, I watched. I said, I was gonna... no, no. So I'm just saying from my standpoint, I haven't been able to dissect them as much as I would like. That time is coming. Uh, you know, they, but that, from what I watched. Funner teams. Time, funny, fun, funner teams no, to they, watch. No, no, no. I, know they, I know they lost a tough one. They lost a tough one to Cleveland. Yeah. Right. Donovan Mitchell hit the Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, another yeah. tough one. Dallas they're losing the teams like, they're supposed to yeah, lose to, though. Yeah, so that's what that's I'm it, saying. So right? they're, they're, you're kind of looking at this. That's why I'm not being critical of them. It's just more of like everyone is – I think more people are seeing what he's doing now because it's the start of the season. And it's like, no, 
there's been signs of this for the last two years. And this is why, you know, I think he hasn't really made it to that stardom or that, that next level yet. And so I'm curious to see if this can continue and he can do other things to maintain. Cause you're going to have a two for 12 night. You're going to have a five for 17 night. But if it looks like a minus 17 with three rebounds and one assist and two turnovers, that that's tough to be consistent. Dude. Good work by the both of you. It's very oh. clear that Channing is returning to work this week. Hang on. Let me put a bow on this one because Road Trip and Sleeper Picks of the Week are sponsored by Sleeper Fantasy. You can download the Sleeper app and use the promo code Road Trip for a deposit match for up to $100. Terms and conditions, of course, apply. Um, all right. Having said that, let's go to the West. I do have one uh, quick question. We obviously talked about, Rich, you called Wemby's first uh, game and what we've seen so far of him. But as I'm watching that game, it was going through my mind. Now I understand the caliber of players and who Pop is. But I also want to know, how different is this season, is this coaching year going around for Pop? Like what's the challenge? What's going through his mind when, like, for example, you're watching that first game, right? And Wimby gets in foul trouble, and like, how is he coaching him different than if it were to be another draft pick? You know, not this generational talent that Victor is. Well, I think he's had other generational talents. Like he got right. dated later. No, this is not new. And, for him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it's but, third generational this, talent. But, this, but no. this is a. But, but yeah. hear me out. This is a new generation. How you could talk to players in 2099 when David got there and he was a four. You can't talk to players the same way that you could back then. You can't talk to the same players like that 10 years ago. It's a different, we know this, and it's not a matter of soft. It's just a matter of like how coaching has evolved from the lower ranks and, and you have to be able to adjust to it in the higher ranks. I think for him, he said culture. He said before, when he got here, he had David and he had Avery and he had Sean. And these guys were great culture guys. That's that's who they were. When Tim got here, these guys had already instilled the culture and, and Pop added to it. Then then when Tony and Manu got there, you he had Tim. And so all, for him, all of the, the culture that he had had and built, he is now reestablishing it. He's establishing some of the younger players as leaders. He's starting to be like, hey, we need to build this culture back up. And it has to be done with the young guys. You can add a veteran guy at some point in time. But even then, you know, player, veteran players, including myself, have struggled. Myself, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. So it's like you had, they're, they're going to be very cautious about who they bring in until the culture has been established. In my opinion, this is not anything based off of what he's saying, but it's like, they're not ready to add veterans to this team. They're probably a year or two away from that, depending on how quickly. If he looks like he's an all-star next year or an all-NBA player next year, best believe that next summer, he's going to be looking at them like, okay, are y'all going to go get me some players to play with? Like, we not, you know, because eventually you can't draft anymore because he's too good. And all of a sudden you're drafting in the, in the 15 spot, in the 16th. And then you're like, well, we got to go spend some money and get players. So... I think pop is just establishing culture. I think that is the difference uh, between the prior years where he had that same core group to where he is now. Um, it's, it's, that's it. That's his, to me, that was the number one thing that I picked up. He's like, it's up to me. I have to establish it. So that's what, that's how he's handling that. So it's not just get back on defense. It's whole package culture. Yeah. I watched uh, a couple games of them. And he is quick to discipline 
now early so that they are used to that. And that's goes along with what Richard is saying. I forgot, I forgot who they play. I think the Clippers or somebody, they made a turnover. The guy scored, the guys didn't run back, timeout, right? Yelling at them as they come to the bench, what is this, blah, blah, blah. They go back out, they make another turnover, they make another point, timeout again. Y'all, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, like, those timeouts are not about that game. It's about his level of expectation of how they should play. So they're going to get lumped up early, but I bet you, I bet a lot of money that they are close to the play-in game by the end of the year. A lot yeah. of money. I bet you the first 25 games, they might be 9 and 16, 8 and 17. I bet you closer to the beginning of the year, that team is going to probably either bring in a vet to get him close so that he can kind of sniff the playoffs and realize if he's healthy, or they're going to say we need to bring build more on like what we're doing. But I think they're going to – they have pieces. They're just young, dumb pieces. That need <laughs> well when you're when you're t- I, you know tanking is a tough word, but when the Spurs ended up having the worst record and were the worst team in the NBA, we know that, or I like to believe that Pop there was a level of uh, happenstance intention, like hey, yeah. there's this we call it talent one. assessment time. There's a, there's this number <laughs> one pick play. that hey, if we don't play that well, maybe we have a better chance at that guy, right? And so it's like. How much of it was like, you know, Pop is starting to just let the guys play. Let's let these guys play and just play free and, and give them instruction and teach them how to play basketball, see what they can do, versus we need to win every single game every night. When we were playing, we need to win every single game every single night. That was that was the mentality. That's not the mentality that Pop is He's bringing in teacher into mode. the last couple of years. Why? He's in teacher mode. mode. He's in teacher mode. And when he gets off that teacher mode, you're going to see a difference in how and I think you're play. starting to see, I think he's starting to do that. Now that you have Wimby is like, all right, we teach him, but also motherfuckers, how many times I got to fucking tell you <laughs> ship your ass down to the fucking well, G-League. all of them for him. He'll he say goes, that shit for him. He goes, when you have a vet like Tim Duncan, you're only going to play so much. Anyone not named Victor Wembyama or, you know, Sheldon Johnson, that those positions are up for grabs. So if you hooping, you know he don't. Did you say Williams? Sheldon? Uh, what did I say? Sheldon Williams? You said Sh- Sheldon, Sheldon Johnson. No, Sheldon Johnson. No. Keldon. Kel- oh crap! What am I? Oh, I'm thinking about Sheldon Williams from Duke. Yeah, I knew you were. My bad, Keldon. I wasn't going to tell you. I just wanted to. I'm like, see, Allie's nice. I was. I tried to draft him. him on my fantasy league. He is a rebounding animal. All right, that'll do it for this edition of Road Tripping. The guys, well done on all things NBA currently. Uh, tomorrow we'll come back with a new episode, diving into some truth or trash.